The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Welcome to the Roadwire Fantasy Baseball Podcast, brought to you by Fantrax. I'm your host, James Anderson, and I got another NFBC main event overall winner with me this time 2016's main event overall winner rob silver uh rob how you doing i'm good uh good to be chatting baseball again james it's been too long absolutely um and of course you you've been chatting baseball uh with rob DiPietro and jeff zimmerman on the launch angle pod uh good stuff as always over there um, and I think you like recently started actually like doing some prep. So um. I did. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you an honest uh, story, James, your outline that you sent to me. The first question is what drafts are you scheduled uh, to do uh, this year? And I was going through because I for your your pod, unlike the pod that, that I'm on, uh, I try to be prepared and actually read the outline beforehand. Um uh, and I'm like, wow, I probably should figure out what drafts I'm doing. So I have an actual answer for James. So I just signed up for a bunch of drafts today in Vegas and got things uh, got things going. So it's uh, it's good. We're getting close. Awesome. So what so what are you going to do? Uh, I signed up for the whole like Champions League. Uh, like, uh, let's try not to get relegated to whatever the opposite uh, <laughs> thing is uh, today. And and for so I haven't done a, a 12 team uh draft i think in 15 years uh as some people pointed out on uh on a discord uh today uh so it should be interesting it's gonna be a good time awesome well yeah i mean doing a 12 teamer after doing a bunch of 15 teamers is uh it's quite an experience so uh i i have i have a prediction i'm gonna walk out of that draft thinking my team is awesome like just a stacked stacked team I got two awesome closers. My starting pitchers are good, and my hitting's good. I nailed that draft. Yeah, that's my that's my sense. I think you I think you will nail uh, your championship. Okay, so yeah, so you did the Champions League. So you're yeah, Uh, yeah. I I got into an auction uh, in Vegas. So the Friday morning auction. Hopefully that fills. It looks like the auctions are a little bit slow to fill, but my guess is. As we get spring training going, a lot of those are like the look at what it looks like for those of us doing the NFBC and going to Vegas. Looks like the turnout's huge. People just are like me and couldn't be bothered to actually sign up for a lot of things yet. So my guess is Greg is going to start poking people and things are going to fill out pretty nicely because there's it looks like there's a big crowd of people going to Vegas this year, which is great. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, 
I'll only be there for the first two days, but uh, looking what? forward to what? What? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Didn't, didn't I tell you that? Didn't no, I? you're only there for two days. Yeah, getting in on Wednesday and leaving on Friday. So I, I won't make it to the Epic Bash Friday night. I won't be there for the uh, Saturday main events because um, I have to go to one of my best friends is getting married in New Orleans on that Saturday. So I'm going to uh, go to Vegas for two a, days. And then what, a selfish, what a selfish thing to do to get married on main event Saturday uh, you know, in New Orleans. He, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't play like NFPC or anything like that, but he was legitimately trying to get his fiance <laughs> to not do it that weekend so that I didn't have to miss That's that. That's awesome. But, um, I'm just joking. Was... <laughs> as, as somebody who had to miss first pitch in Arizona this year because of my nephew's bar mitzvah, uh, I only have one sister and she only has one son. So it was literally like the statistical odds that his bar mitzvah was going to be on a first pitch Arizona weekend were minuscule he literally could have been born any other weekend any other week and it wouldn't have uh overlapped but at the same time i couldn't not show up for my like one nephew's bar mitzvah so i had to miss first pitch arizona so i totally get how sometimes life as annoying as it can be gets in the way of our silly little hobby well speaking of our silly little hobby uh i've got some uh Okay, questions for you here. We've, we've got one uh, to start things off where... Um, We're not going to make it through four hours, James, unless you have some good questions. So I hope you have some good questions to keep us going. Well, my definition of good questions here would be kind of keeping this to like about a, a tight, like 70 minutes or so. so. I think that's I think that's right. Um, okay, what kind, so... of, what kind of lunatics would go four hours? <laughs> I was a joke. Nobody, nobody would do that. Certainly nobody would listen to that. <laughs> Hundreds of people have listened to it, apparently. I don't, I don't yeah, know. yeah, yeah. I, I know these Russian bots that DiPietro <laughs> pays to listen to podcasts to pump up the numbers. So uh, there are five hitters, Rob. Yes. Uh, going in the first two rounds of 15-team mm -hmm. draft champions um, that none of the bat, the bat X, steamer, or ATC project to have a right. batting average of 270 or, or better. Uh, I know that's kind of a clumsy clumsy intro but um yeah. and, you know ATC no, no. takes some of those projections and in, in yeah, you're really just saying the same thing four times yes. when you get yes. when you get to ATC but, yes. but sorry sorry I I understood the question yeah so five hitters going in the first two rounds uh that the projection systems all think will hit below 270 basically mm -hmm. uh Matt Matt Olson Ellie De La Cruz Francisco Lindor Pete Alonzo Marcus Semien all five of those guys um consistently going in the first two rounds and so my question to you uh, is which of the five hitters that the projection systems think will hit below 270 are you willing to take in the second round of a high stakes league? So it's a great question. Um, I think one of the things I'm really trying to think about this year is protecting those ratios. There have been some really good articles, different sites, and batting average, and then whip and ERA on the pitching side. And there's no doubt. Um, taking a guy who does not project to hit 270 in the second round, meaning likely your second best hitter. Uh, if you went like a Strider um, or a Burns or Cole in the first round, it may be your best hitter. Um, starts putting you in a position where you need to start chasing batting average a little bit, if, uh, if that's a concern for you. So the easy answer is, if I had an early pick, I would take Matt Olson happily there, but he's never getting there. So Matt Olson is the answer. Like I'm, I think Wilson is a legit second round pick, but he's 
going certainly ADP wise, and you're, you've been doing a lot of the 400 DCs. So I'd be curious what you're actually seeing because those mimic closer high stakes leagues is he's kind of 16, 17, 18. So somebody picking at the back half of the draft is doubling up on Olsen on the way back. And that's not something I do. There's always going to be a hitter I like more than Olsen or a pitcher uh, there, I think. Um, are you a Matt Olsen guy? Uh, well, I was just going to tell you, I pulled up the 400 DC that I'm currently in, and uh, Matt Olson went at pick 21 there. Uh, okay. team, team 10 paired him up with Trey Turner. Um, yeah, which which is which is a nice combo. Uh, so I, I I see the I certainly see the the construct and the logic uh, there. If he got, started getting to like. 26 27 which again he's just not doing in drafts so i'm i'm saying a hypothetical maybe in the main when starting pitching gets pushed up maybe he starts falling uh a little bit there i'd be uh tempted uh to pull the trigger that's not a helpful answer to anybody because i'm basically saying if you if you could do what you can't do you should do that um of the other guys well just we, just quickly on on olsen so like i yeah i i um i just i don't like uh him as like a as a building block um for like you know, the batting average part. And then uh, this, so you're not only kind of chasing batting average, but you might have to be chasing speed depending on who oh, you yeah. took ahead of to him. Be, to be clear, I don't love Matt Olson as a second round yeah. pick. The, the question is, who would I take? Uh, if he goes late enough, he becomes enough of a value. I agree entirely. I mean, the reason why the only real guy here who's an answer to me is Lindor, because at least Lindor uh, deals with stolen bases. So you, you're behind a little bit on batting average, but everything else. Part of the challenge with Olsen also is so much of his value is runs and RBIs. Now, runs and RBIs are categories for us, so we care about runs and RBIs. I don't love paying for elite runs and RBIs, guys, for a bunch of reasons. I feel if I'm doing well, I should be able to stream in to catch up in runs and RBIs. So they're worth what they're worth. The spreadsheet is the spreadsheet. I'm not discounting that. Um, but... Um, yeah, so I don't love Olsen, but but if he started going 27 to 30, he's a nice value. Lindor is the one that I would consider at ADP. Um, I, I could see myself pulling the trigger there. Uh, Ellie is a pretty easy no for me uh, in the second uh, round. Pete Alonso is tough, man. Like some some really sharp players I know are all in on uh, Pete Alonso uh, this year. Are you um, counting guilds there? Yeah, I mean, basically, if you're in a draft with him, you're not going to get Pete Alonso. Uh, um, what do you think about Pete? Is it the same, basically the same issue as as Olsen? Yeah, you know, it's it's just he's uh, he's an obvious kind of, you know, he's going to have a better season than he had last year. Um, but it's it's you know, the batting average with Alonzo, with Olsen, with, with all these guys, really, that's, that's a problem for me. Um, and then obviously the lack of speed with Olsen and Alonzo. Uh, but it, like, at least with Olsen, you're in this insane run scoring lineup. Um, <clears throat> and he doesn't have, I think, quite as low of a batting average floor maybe as Alonzo. Um, but honestly, the guy that prompted me to ask this question was Lindor because I, you know, so many like, and you, you just answered it. Like Lindor is the, the best answer to this question, essentially. And um, I'm just, I'm surprised that he's just so locked into the middle of the second round, given that he's 
basically like if you want to do really well in your league, you want to have a batting average that's a team batting average that's higher than what Francisco Lindor is projected to hit. And yep. like, so I would take, like I would take uh, Michael Harris over Lindor straight up this year. Um, so you're you're gonna think you're think, gonna think I'm lying here, James. The line I have written down on my sheet here, because again I did prep because I have too much respect for your spreadsheet to or for your podcast to just uh, half-ass it. Um, is I think I'd rather Michael Harris than Lindor or any of these other guys. I'd certainly rather Albies, who again was not part of your question, so I'm I'm not answering the actual question that you asked. But Albies is an easy answer for me over these guys. Um, Harris, I think I'd rather over pretty much any of like me. Him and Olsen are tough because Olsen really is an, an elite hitter in, in some ways. But I, I'd rather Harris over Lindor straight up positions aside. Uh, there is DiPietro makes the argument that he doesn't like a lot of the, the late shortstops. So he'd rather have shortstop eligibility. I get using that as a bit of a tiebreaker if you have them as a tie. And I think the reality is once you hit mains, a bunch of those starting pitchers are getting pushed up. And if you had an early uh, starting pitch or an early to middle pick, um, you're going to start playing the game of which starting pitchers are getting back to me. And do I like them enough to to take any of these hitters or do I need a starting pitcher uh, in the second round? Yeah. And so <clears throat> this, this 400 that I'm in that I referenced where Matt Olson went 21st, uh, just for the sake of, uh, I might as well tell people Lindor went 24th, Alonzo went 25th, Elia de la Cruz went 27th, and then Marcus Semien made it all the way to 36. Which um, I th- which I think you're going to see a lot more of in um, in Vegas as we get closer now. As a, a few of the starting pitchers get injured in spring training, as happens every single year, mm-hmm. uh, I think you're going to see at least a couple of these bats make it back to the turn, if not into the third round. Yeah, I was actually having this discussion with uh, someone offline uh, last night, just like where, because obviously the starting pitching gets gets pushed up. Um, and I'm curious if Michael Harris, if he just sort of stays at the 2-3 turn, um, like would the main event crowd be higher on Harris like by five picks than the DC crowd? Like, I, I, I don't know. I could see um lots of people so if you assume take strider out of it anybody who had any of those first five six seven picks um if you start doing the i have wit and i add harris boy that's a nice combination i have jay like any of those guys it doesn't matter which one and you add michael harris uh to it like it it becomes a pretty sexy combo as long as and I'm sure this is the debate folks who might consider uh, jumping him will have, as long as you can convince yourself, I like one of the starting pitchers in the third round or um, fourth, fifth round. Like, so it, it, it depends. Everybody who's going to be there is sharp enough to have a plan for how they're going to attack starting pitching. So I, I absolutely think if you're willing to push starting pitch, your first starting pitcher a little bit, whether it's the third or fourth round, I could easily see um, Harris jumping into that second round in a lot of drafts, whether it's ADP wise, don't know if that, if it's enough for that. Yeah. I'm interested in like, I wonder if some uh, strider teams might take him as the hitter in the second round. Not, um, not, not crazy. Like him or Albies with striders uh, is a pretty good way to get going. Right. Yeah. Cause you, it just, and what I love so much about Michael Harris um, is just, he's such an awesome piece to build around because he gives you 
such a nice outlay in all five categories. Um, and I, I, I agree that shortstop falls out. Like I know you're referencing DPHO, yeah. um, but I agree shortstop does fall off pretty steeply at a certain point, but it's not, um, it's not something I'm thinking about with like my second round pick necessarily. I totally agree. I, I, I think I, I don't even, I'm not even, I don't want to put words in Rob's uh, mouth. I think that's a, a consideration in round nine. You start saying, I don't want to fill up my corner infield because I like first two, three hitters take the hitters you want that you value the most that create the positional or sorry, the category uh, flexibility you want. I don't know that you should be saying I'm going to pass on this hitter for a hitter. I like less in the second round uh, because I'm not sure about my 20th round pick. Like, I think that's a bit goofy. Okay. So another guy um, who is going uh, in the second round of, of these 400 DCs, uh, I think he went, uh, 26th in this one I'm in. Vlad Guerrero Jr. Uh, you obviously follow the Toronto Blue Jays for anyone who didn't know uh, living in Canada. Um, now, Rob, when I was ranking Vlad Guerrero as a prospect, um, I was sort of envisioning this stage of his career, you know, mid-20s, him being like a 315 hitter who would hit 35 to 40 homers every year. And uh, he could hit 315 this year with 35 to 40 homers, but that's certainly not any something anyone's projecting. Uh, there is a projection system that has him for uh, – actually two projection systems that have him for 35-plus homers. Um, but it's just – it's a little surprising to me that we're at this stage of Vlad's career – and I'm not quite sure what to expect from him. I, I sort of thought it would be kind of a obvious, like this is what you're getting from Vlad Guerrero, but he's been, and obviously the, the year where uh, they were playing in Buffalo is complicated matters, but um, I've seen you kind of commenting on the projection systems with Vlad. Uh, so I guess, you know, are you, what, what are you expecting from him this year? Other than like, I know he's going to be durable. Like that's one of his best traits, but like, what are you expecting from him in terms of production? Yeah. I mean, everybody <clears throat> always talks about uh, the 2021 season. Uh, Cause it wasn't just Buffalo. He was playing in Dunedin and he killed the ball and defenders of Vlad say, yeah, but he was killing the ball and cynics say, but he was playing in minor league parks. So we know he's a really good minor league uh, uh, player. Not so sure uh, about major league player. So forget 2021, put, just put that aside because it's too complicated. And we he's not going back to Dunedin uh, this year. God, I hope he does. he's not going back to Dunedin. <laughs> Something's gone weird if he's going back to Dunedin. Let's talk about 2022. Do you think he can hit 274 uh, this year? Like the projections say yes, and I think my gut at least say yeah. Like there's upside there, but 274 is not certainly not crazy uh, for Vlad. Uh, Kenny hit 32 home runs again, like Vlad Guerrero should be able to roll out of bed. And if he stays healthy all year, hit 32 home runs. Um, but it's hard hitting home runs if he hit ground balls. Uh, um, but can he hit 32 home runs? Everybody would say, obviously Vlad Guerrero is capable of hitting 32 uh, home runs and the projections think he can hit 32 home runs. Can he hit 187 runs plus RBIs and 700 plate appearances? Well, projecting anybody, including Mark Simeon, for 700 plate appearances is, is stupid. Um, but even 
if you knock it down, as you say, he is durable um, for a big guy. Um, he should be able to get 90 runs and 90 RBIs, plus or minus, in however much he plays if he stays healthy, even if they rest him uh, a little bit. Um, he should be able to get there. It's certainly not a crazy uh, benchmark for him to hit. And the eight stolen bases from 2022 is is complicated. Like, who knows? He could steal four. He could steal 10. He's not going to be a zero. Like, he's for a big guy, people joke about uh, Vlad. Um, he will run a little bit. Um, you put that all together, and in 2022, he was player 22 on the player Raider, right? Like, he was easily a second-round player. Now, he was drafted because he was the best player coming off the season where he was the best player uh, overall in 2021. It is a first round player, so it was a disappointment. But that's nothing I've said is crazy. And there's obviously upside uh, from there um, because every single stat that I've said, he could hit 330. Like, and you, you uh, I don't mean like if the baseball and the Babic God smiled down on him. He's a legit guy who, if he hit 330, you'd be like, yeah, no, we thought he was going to be Miguel Cabrera. And Miguel Cabrera used to hit 330, he hits the ball hard enough, he makes enough contact. So that's not crazy. He could hit 40 home runs and nobody would say that's where did that come from? It's like, well, of course, Vlad hit 40 home runs. He just he he was a little bit better and he hit 40 home runs. So I think his ADP is both a relatively safe floor with a fair bit of upside. Whether you should draft him or not, like comes down to a whole bunch of things in terms of roster construction and 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 so on. But he is different from the Matt Olson or the Pete Alonso from a batting average perspective. Like he's a, it's not that Pete Alonso or, or Olson can't hit 270, 280. Of course they could hit it. It's that Vlad really should hit um, there. And I think he, he, we, a year from now, we may look back and saying, well, of course Vlad is a 330 home run guy. Um, so I have no problem with where he's going. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the story of the one. 
As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I, I agree with pretty much everything you said, um, but I, I'm curious, do you like, do you know if the projection systems, um, like, like how usable are players who played on the 2021 Blue Jays projections relative to just a random player who also played in the 2021 season? Like, is that, is that, is there any noise in there still or? Oh yeah, no, there's still, there's still definitely some noise uh, that's kind of chased through like it should be dropping off now because the good projection systems like it shouldn't be weighed that much but there's it's still part of it and it's the reason why it's not crazy to look at the vlad projections the bobachette projections uh who i think we may talk about um and be a bit cynical about them and uh i'm glad you brought up Vlad's 2022 season because that's actually the line like when i'm like looking at his past lines that is the one that looks like I could see him repeating that season and that would be sort of the least surprising season for him to repeat. If he repeats what he did last year, that would surprise me. Um, and that would be kind of a bummer. Uh, but, uh, you know, even if he just does like the great thing is he is pretty durable. So even if he just repeats 2023, you can still win your league. No problem. Uh, taking him in the second round. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a nice floor pick. And if the, if you're somebody who's going into a draft and saying, I don't want to lose my draft in the first, second, third round, there's something to be said about just uh, getting Vlad. And I know people say, but I need speed. I want speed. I've found like I need power too. I'm short power and I don't want to have to use the as many of the he's got good power, but he's going to hit 210 guys who are available late or available as free agents. There's something very nice about having an Aaron judge or having a Vlad or having one of these guys who give you the batting average uh, floor with the power uh, too. Now it's a reasonable question, but like Rob Aaron judge, I feel pretty confident if he's healthy, he's going to hit 35, 40 home runs. I'm not as confident that Vlad is going to hit 35, 40 home runs, even if he's healthy. And that's reasonable. Like he's not needs to get his act together. And I he's in good shape right now. That means sweet nothing to me. I could care less <laughs> that he's in good shape. He's been in good shape the last three years when he's been coming to camp. He's been working out the last three years, uh, is coming to camp. It that's all noise. It's just like is the swing gonna be there consistently? And it ha- wasn't there last year. Okay, so I want to ask about Bobachet um, next. Uh, so, just simple question: How many stolen bases does Bobachet get this year? Yeah, his his sprint speed is going is a steeper decline than like Kitzbühel in Austria. Uh, it's bad. Like his sprint speed went from eighty third percentile, seventy fourth percentile, seventieth percentile, fifty third percentile, forty second uh, percentile, and obviously his stolen bases. Um, track that pretty care uh closely um could he just get faster again 
maybe because he's not a big guy like he's what what six six foot 180 190 maybe maybe he's put on a bit more as he's aged a little bit he's 25 like he shouldn't be a slow guy but we've we've seen this before so i i think you should draft um Bo with the assumption you're not getting stolen bases uh from him um your bot your your if you draft Bo, it's he's potentially a 330 shortstop. So he easily could be Corey Seager last season um, as like the upside. And with like a a 10 to 15% chance that he decides to run again and steals 15 to 20 stolen bases in a way that Seager has never done that before. We know Bo could do that and has done it, but I would not draft him and count on getting more than five, seven stolen bases with Bo. I think that the most likely... uh, stat to shoot up his batting average second is his power and the stolen bases is way down there that's just my sense what's what's your yeah i mean i think he he has a weird um kind of body for a typical like mid 20s shortstop to me it's kind of like a thicker waist um he just he looks like the type of guy where his athleticism would have peaked around like 21 22 to me um some guys that like peaks at different times but um, like I, I'm with you. I, I am not factoring in, um, stolen bases, uh, really with him. Like, I mean, he's, he'll steal more than zero bases, but, um, yeah, I, I agree with you. Uh, uh the only thing I'd say, and I, I am not somebody who believes baseball players can just start trying or not trying, turning it on and turning it off. But there's a big difference between Bo Bichette free agent, who's a shortstop versus Bo Bichette, free agent who you need to play at third or second or potentially left field by like year three of the contract. And if you accept what you just said and accept that the sprint speed is tracking a whole bunch of things that go into it in terms of athleticism, training, uh, aging, and so on, there is as big an incentive for him to like reverse or at least flatten that aging curve for the next two years and say, I am a shortstop. I'm not sure he can do that because his defense is um, what's the word I'm thinking for that I can use on this podcast. Bad. Uh, We're we're not talking about Brandon Crawford. No. And, but like there's, I can play three, four years more of shortstop and I'm athletic versus uh, we're a smart organization. We're, we're the Dodgers or we're like a smart organization with lots of money, which all of them are in, in their own way. And we just don't think you have the, the athleticism. So we're knocking off $7 million a year uh, from your contract because a, a Bo second baseman just is not the same guy. So there is a big incentive for him to get this back. I would not in any draft or in any auction pay a penny for that. That's just a reality, though. Yeah, I I won't draft uh, Bobashet. I don't think this year. Uh, um, it would not, but but it would not surprise me one bit if Bobashet does hit three hundred thirty and finishes as like a first round player. Like that would not shock me at all. But I tend to agree. So I want to ask you about one more uh, player who was on the twenty twenty one Jays. Yes. Um, so I was really <clears throat> whenever a player signs with the Dodgers that I was not <laughs> drafting. I get really pissed because then obviously the people that were drafting him get the reward of, of him ending up with the Dodgers and Teoscar Hernandez 
lands with the Dodgers and um, his projections are just really, really loud. Uh, You know, like really, really good stuff. Like this is the type of outfielder we all want. Um, And they're basically projecting Teoscar Hernandez to have the second best season of his career after that 2021 season we've referenced. Um, and I'm just kind of curious as someone who watched a lot of Teoscar and, and knows about the Dodgers and, and what they're all about and everything is Teoscar Hernandez about to have his second best fantasy season today. If you, if you don't include 2020, cause he was also pretty darn good in 2020, oh, uh, he was right. top, top yeah. 20, 25, but I assumed yeah. uh, that you're not counting that. Um, the only thing that could stop him besides it, well, I shouldn't say that. There's two things that could stop him. So when I talked about uh, Tay Oscar um, on launch angle before he signed with the Dodger, Dodgers, I said, look, there are signs of aging, right? Like there, there are signs of the things that happen to guys who already had some swing and miss problems um, as they hit their 30s. And I said, as long as he leaves Seattle, I think he's a steal at where he was going at the time. My memory, and you were already doing, you were already on your like 14th draft, so you can correct me. He was probably like the 170s, 180s, like he was going round 12, 13, 14 at the time. Is that is that right-ish? Before he um, signed with the Dodgers. Anyways, it doesn't matter. Yeah. He was going. Yeah, yeah was, I think he, I think he, he was going later. Yeah. Uh, um, and I said like what's he was in a terrible environment in seattle like it's just a terrible situation there's nowhere else he could basically go that it's going to be not an, an upgrade and yeah now he's on the dodgers so he's 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 a guy who's going to go up draft boards i think as people just kind of chip 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 away at that um he's a bad outfielder and obviously my my understanding is again i'm just starting my prep that the dodgers have signed a, a decent hitter who's going to clog their dh spot so he really has to uh play the outfield uh if he wants to play and the dodgers love mixing and matching guys and playing matchups and like using everybody and they didn't really have the bench. They didn't have the depth that they have had for the last like decade last year. So they couldn't fully do it. I think by opening day, they will have like 13 guys for, for eight spots kind of thing. Uh, if you take catcher out of it. Um, but I think Teoscar is too good a hitter for them to fully play that game. I think there'll be some days where they're up four two going into the eighth and they swap him out for a defensive replacement so maybe over the course of 162 games he loses 10 15 plate appearances because of that maybe if there's a a starting pitcher with a you know heavy uh, fly ball tendency on a sunday they decide to put a defense a more defensive outfielder in there so instead of like 150 games he gets 140 games i could buy all of that but at the end of the day yeah i think he's really good it's a very open question on him much like Bo, whether he runs. So in terms of like, he's a great buy or a good buy, um, my gut again is five stolen bases is probably where you're getting from Teoscar, but he could steal 15. And then he's like a really, really, really elite guy, potentially. Yeah, I mean, the the declining plate skills and the bad defense were reasons that I didn't expect him to end up in this good of a situation. Uh, but you know they it's a lefty heavy lineup and 
it does. I like the idea of having this sort of free swinger with crazy power mixed in with all these extremely patient guys, because it just, I can imagine being that pitcher and being like, all right, I just got through Will Smith and Max Muncie. And like, this is a completely different thing with, with Teoscar. Um, so yeah, I, I have not been able to draft him yet. Um, he went in the ninth round of this uh, DCM in right now, uh, just after Lane Thomas, just ahead of George Springer and Jordan Walker. So how? So let's play one of those uh, name games of those four outfielders. Who would you assume all four are on uh, on the board and take category needs out of it? You're going to take one of these four guys. Who do you like the most out of those four? Uh, it's between Hernandez and Springer to me, and I think I go Springer by just a tiny bit. Um, but that's a it's good that you're here because uh, you might. Have I, I, I'm, I I I would have. Uh, Springer third of those. I I would, would you, want would uh, you go Lane Thomas, either Lane or uh, Tay Oscar. Um, okay. I worry, I worry about Springer's health. You know, so it, Spring. My view on Springer uh, will change if Justin Turner shows up at Jay's spring tra- training in in uh, in whatever it is, two weeks, and is and and it's pronounced. I'm gonna. My goal is to play 140 games at third base this year. And the Jays management says our goal is for Justin Turner to play 140 games at third base this year. And then I say, oh, that's really good because that means Springer can DH for 30 games uh, this year. I work so much of Springer's value from a fantasy perspective is as an accumulator at the top of a lineup. And geez, but the, for his body to hold up another year, having to play the outfield almost every day if Justin Turner is really a full-time DH is asking a lot of Springer and his value just, I like Springer. It's not that I wouldn't draft Springer. So don't take this as a, I, he's dead to me at all. I also really like Teoscar. I also really like uh, Lane Thomas. Um, but I, if he has to play the outfield, um, I just have to knock down his projected playing time by 20%. And you knock his playing time by 20% down, his value goes down really quickly. Yeah, that's... Uh, can, that's can, we, can, we t- can we talk about Alejandro Kirk really quickly as the last Blue Jay before we move on from the from that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep, let's do that. Um, um, so you, you, you asked the question, um, is Alejandro Kirk like a classic buy low um, guy? And it's an interesting question because where, where did I put that? I did so much prep for you, James. My God. Um, after going in, into last season, um, he was on a historic path in terms of um, best hitting here. Uh, sorry. I don't have it. It doesn't matter. Um, in terms of best hitting catchers, in their first 600 plate appearances who were under 23. It went something like Joe Maurer, now a Hall of Famer, Joe Torrey, um, not a Hall of Fame catcher, but a really good uh, hitting catcher when he was playing, Alejandro Kirk, and then it was like Johnny Bench and some other Hall of Famer. And you can laugh at that and say, ha, 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 small sample size, like who cares? That's the hitter that Alejandro Kirk was going uh, into last season. And it's easy to look right now and say, boy, the Jays really screwed up trading Marino. Uh, like that was, that's that's a mulligan they wish they had. 
and as of today, obviously it is, um, it wasn't crazy a year ago to say, like, you have Alejandro Kirk, you have Jansen, like, this is the chip you need to, this guy hasn't played in the majors yet, you, you cash that one in, because Alejandro Kirk, if his defense evolves, is a potential, like, not, maybe not Hall of Famer because you don't want to take any 23-year-old catcher and say this guy's on a path to being a, a Hall of Fame catcher. It's not fair to anybody. And he obviously wasn't Joe Maurer uh, in terms of pedigree. Um, but he was really, really good. And then last year, his defense did improve a little bit. Like his, his catching was just getting uh, very passable. Um, but the bat just was a mess. Um, fast forward to this year. Um my answer from a fantasy perspective is he is a great bylo uh, candidate. As long as Justin Turner shows up at spring training and says, I, my goal is to play third base 140 times this year. And Jay's management says our goal is for him to uh, play 140 games because if Justin Turner, again, coming back to my Springer answer is locked in at DH, then the only upside for Alejandro Kirk to get more than 350 plate appearances for Danny Jansen to get hurt or traded. Now, Danny Jansen could easily get hurt. Why? Because that's what he's that's what he does. Um, he could also really get traded uh, if the Jays are not in it. And I don't mean like hanging around the wild card uh, uh, situation. I mean, like um, if I could see the Jays being uh, like an 85 and 77 team like a good team and maybe they win the third wild card or fall a game short and they still trade jansen uh sometime this summer just to cash in the chip um but that's the only way that he gets 350 more than 350 400 plate appearances and it's just really hard even though he's pretty cheap right now and i think alejandro kirk will be much 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 better um to really break out and be like a top 15, top 12 catcher, just because the playing time isn't there, unless he can DH um, part-time as well. That being said, if you're in a two-catcher league, there is something really nice about drafting a catcher, a second catcher, where he's going, who will not hurt your batting average, even if you acknowledge that the upside may be capped, if that makes sense. So I think you're drafting him as a catcher to who just won't hurt you, who has some upside. And if, if Turner is going to play the field, then everything changes. You know, I just, I think, uh, I think Danny Jansen got hurt while you were answering that question. It's uh, it's, it's possible, <laughs> but, it, but, it, but it's only, it's only uh, 10 to 15 days. He expects to be back uh, real soon. Oh, well, that's good. Uh, okay. Uh, um, Danny Jansen though is an awesome hitter too. So I, know, I hope I know. that Danny Jansen stays healthy too. Last year was my last year doing Danny Johnson, I think. Um, and I think I, I think I, I think I added and dropped him multiple times in the same league last year, um, which one does. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's head to a quick uh, message from our sponsors here. When we come back, I'm going to ask Rob who this year's Jeffrey Springs is going to be in Vegas, i.e., the player who surprises everyone by how high up boards uh, they're going. Uh, but first, um, you know, this is a great time to sign up for rotowire.com. I uh, just posted my uh, second edition of rookie hitter rankings, including my player shares um, from six draft and holds and recent ADP. Uh, we also got ATC projections up on the site, which is awesome. Um, so definitely a good time to sign up for rotowire. 
come hang out with me in the discord room, uh, rotor.com slash chat. If you're already a subscriber and uh, this episode is also brought to you by Fantrax. Uh, really excited to have Fantrax back as a sponsor. Uh, if I'm not playing on the NFPC, I'm playing on Fantrax. Uh, that's where literally all my dynasty leagues are, except for a couple that I have no idea why they haven't migrated over. But um, the reason all your dynasty leagues should be on Fantrax is because all the players are in the Fantrax player pool which is a crazy concept, but Fantrax is the only site that actually has all the rookies, all the prospects, all the unsigned players, guys in Asia, guys that are waiting to sign as 16-year-olds. Fantrax has them in the player pool. Um, so it's, it's the only place to play Dynasty, really. Uh, it's great for redraft as well. Uh, sign up for free today and be entered to win an official MLB signed jersey from Vladimir Guerrero Jr., who we just discussed. Simply go to Fantrax.com slash Rotowire and sign up today. That's F-A-N-T-R-A-X.com slash Rotowire. Fantrax, the home of fantasy sports. All right, Rob, we're back. And uh, I, I teased it. Um, I think it, like, does that sound right to you? Like Jeffrey Springs kind of yeah, yeah. last year's uh, that, and, and And like Rasmussen. The two of them were both right. just yep. going cr crazy last year. They were, every single one of us, I think, like, not, I shouldn't say every single one of us. There were many, many, many of us who were getting ready for, for like, big drafts, late February, early March. And it's like, man, Rasmussen Springs, 15th round, 14th round. This is awesome. <laughs> and then the first mains. Somebody, it's like 13, I forget what their exact ADP going in was. It's like, I should jump them around. That's the only way I know I'm going to get them is jump them like 15 picks from where their ADP was. People saw the first round of ADP from the mains. It's like, well, if I want them now, I better go to the 11th round and then the 10th round. And it just got, I think some of them were going in like the ninth round uh, by the time these were over. So I totally get what you mean here. Yeah, and then like, um 2022 byron buxton is the name that i remember of like different range of the draft but it was like a you just you got to vegas and all of a sudden he was going two rounds higher than he had been before vegas and it it almost seemed like maybe a few people were doing it and people just kind of followed in line like oh i gotta get a buxton share um and i i took i took it defeats the spirit of the question to answer like Wyatt Langford or Jackson Holiday, if there's news that they've made the opening day roster, because right. by definition that will shoot them up. But the world has changed at this at that point, so it's not right. really the spirit of the question. It's just it's the player where it's just like he is who he yeah, is. Yeah, you're just like whoa, like I didn't know I had to take him there. Um, yeah. So who who's that guy this year? And I I've so got... I I I I have two guys. One though. You ask a question later on. So when, when okay. we ask the question, you know who I, I'm talking I, about. I know exactly what you're talking about. about. The pitcher, who I think could easily be that uh, guy if he's healthy and looks good in spring training. Uh, I'm going to answer uh, Jaron Duran uh, from Boston. Uh, I think him. he will be a 10th round pick uh, in at least one main event and could easily go around uh, the Springer uh, type of uh, range if he's smoking the ball in spring training and the Red Sox come out and say, he's our leadoff hitter. He's, he's going to lead off against lefties against righties. He is on top of this lineup. I think there will be a ton of player uh, people who show up and say, well, then there's no way that he's not like a legit 20, like he's this. Wow. I don't need speed in the first and second round. I can go judge and Vlad. And I got Duran coming up in the, 12th round, then 11th round, then 10th round. 
and it's not like I'm picking up Ruiz. Like I'm getting, I'm getting home runs. This he's a first, he's a second, third round player that I'm getting in the tenth round. So I think Duran is going to have a ton of helium coming into Vegas. Yeah, that's a really good answer. He went in the eleventh round of this. Oh, see, year. see, now it's not that bold. I thought I was being bold, uh, but it's well, already happening. Uh, and now. I was going to just say, like, I don't think he needs a. I think he just needs to not suck in spring training. There you go. And okay, he's going to go into the next. I, if 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 people are rolling their eyes, listening to this, saying Rob, that is the lame. I can't believe you said that. He's already. I thought I was being bold. No, no, that. no. So I, I, I mean, apologize. I understood what you like. Yeah. Because so he's you, going in the ninth round. Forget the tenth round. The ninth round. I have to make it uh, yeah. bolder now. And it's easy to see how that would happen with Duran. Um, like, who's your guy? Uh, Bailey Ober. Oh yeah, that's a good answer. That's a good answer. Um, that's a really that's a really good answer. And you know, I was gonna say like, because it's sort of which range are you are you talking about? Like, I think these kind of like. Kyle Bradish, Joe Ryan, Zach Eflin guys are going to get bumped up two rounds by yep. the time we get to Vegas. But that's everyone expects that, I, I assume. Um, but like, I think Bailey Ober starts going in, you know, seventh round, um, uh, um, something like that. So I think that Bailey Ober is a case of, and there's always one or two guys like this um, every year, is Steamer comes out first and people look at the Steamer projections and even people who aren't like, projection quote-unquote projection guys look at the, the the steamer projection and even if we say like don't look on era look at the underlying skills it's like a 4-2-6 era and you look at that and you're like man like do I, that's not that's not very good remember when we were talking about over on, on launch angle all of us were like 4-2-6 that seems like crappy like what and everything that's come out uh, since then it's not a lot better but it's better enough that I think people are going to get excited. Some of the uh, the stuff plus plus models like Billy Ober, I take it. Um, so yeah, that's a really good answer. I could easily see people thinking um, I'm going to be sneaky and then keep getting less and less sneaky as it goes up. Where do you think yeah. he lands in terms of ADP by the time we get to Vegas? Uh, I think just inside the top 100. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's, to me, it had to be like a starting pitcher or a speed guy because yeah. when the runs happen, you start looking down at whatever you're drafting off of and you're like, oh, crap, like, where do I go now? Um, okay, so let's see. Um, all right. The, actually, let's do let's do that uh, question that you were where you were going to reference a guy. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so so the picture the picture I was going to. So you you sorry, you do your your lead. Yeah, yeah. My answer. So, my, my answer was predicated on that. Yeah, I had zero interest in Chris Sale um, with Boston, and I I really don't think I've drafted Chris Sale in like at least five years. Um, <laughs> but I find myself now like, ooh, Chris Sale, Atlanta. Um, is there really that big of a difference between Chris Sale and Tyler Glass now? And um, I was trying to get Chris Sale as my SP two in this DC, and I was just really dumb and got greedy and i didn't get him but um he went in the eighth round but like you know chris sale like what do you think uh now that he's with atlanta um so put it this way if you guaranteed me chris sale was going to pitch 150 innings then chris sale is it's like is where tyler glass now is like he's easily a fifth round worth starting pitcher like he's a top 10 top 12 
starting pitcher if you knew that he was going to stay healthy on Atlanta uh, for an entire season. Um, it's uh, so Chris Sale was I, I think Chris Sale will go even earlier. And uh, obviously he has been steadily increasing uh, in terms of where you need to take him. Uh, I did the one DC and I, I went uh, sale uh, Rodon in like the, I think it was ninth, 10th uh, round as my third and fourth starting pitchers. And I, I thought that was okay uh, at the time. Um, um, the real question. So the real question is, because what's the argument against uh, sale versus glass now? is well sale is older and there's no doubt uh that's that's a real thing um and he's been hurt um the crazy thing about tyler glass now he last year was his like biggest volume year ever and while chris sale is old tyler glass now isn't young i think that there's this perception of tyler glass now is still a guy who just needs that one year to put it all together like how many pitchers really put it all together when they're 31 for the first time? And I'm not saying it can't happen. I haven't done it like a deep dive. I'm sure there are pitchers who have had the exact kind of injury history of Tyler Glass. Now, nobody's going to argue against uh, the stuff of, of Glass. Now, it's obviously uh, on a pitch by pitch basis, like on a per inning basis. Glass now is not quite Jacob deGrom, but he's not that far behind in terms of how good he is in terms of results and stuff. But it would be like if Tyler Glass now makes it through a 32 start season and is what people think he could be, there can't possibly be that many people who have done that at his age for the first time. Um, yeah, so you, you look at Tyler Glass now as like innings by year, you would think that he was being converted to from a reliever to a starter this year. Yeah. And um, the thing is, like the Dodgers have a history of taking guys who have been mediocre and making them really good. They've never shown they have this magic health tree. So uh, I get the people who are who have been saying, yeah, but his injuries are fluky. And he should be okay. And yeah, I like I'm, I'm not anti Tyler Glass now, um, but if uh, if Chris Sale is healthy in spring training, I think the likelihood of him hitting 150 innings are certainly no lower than Tyler Glass now right now. So I don't think the premise of your comment is nuts at all. And as you've researched, um, or not, not that you had to do a bunch of research for this, but uh, like you want pitchers on good teams, um, yes, because yes. that's. 20% of the pitching categories of wins. See, see, James, this is how you win the overall, is doing deep, <laughs> deep insights. Like you, pitchers, you crunch the numbers. Pit, pitchers on good teams are better than pitchers on bad. Yeah, here you go. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, I, you know, I think we, we've covered that, but I, I am um, – I'm, I'm back in on Chris Sale after being out for a long time. Yeah. But, how, do, how, does, how does that feel? Uh. Well, ask me after I actually land him in yeah. like high stakes league. Jeff Jeff Zimmerman, my my uh, podcast colleague, um, has a no knucklehead um, rule. You don't you don't worry about things like knucklehead because Chris Sale certainly qualifies as a knucklehead. Uh, yeah, you know I, hmm, I do really worry about knuckleheads. Um, yeah, man, there's also there's a lot of competing narratives here. He's coming home, Rod. Did you know he grew I, up an Atlanta Braves fan? I, I, I did not know he uh, grew up an Atlanta Braves fan. That's great. So, you know, bump him up your board a little higher. Uh, there you go. Okay. So I sent you a list of about 20 guys. Um, it like, and this is something I've been kind of thinking about a lot, like just 
is it is it better to hit on the right guys or avoid the guys who are going to just give you nothing or, or tank you? Um, and I think it's it's they're both very important. You you want to draft the right guys, but if you make too many mistakes and and get guys who don't give you much production, then you're you're sunk as well. Um, so I sent you a list of about twenty guys that I am that are they're all going inside the top one fifty. Yeah, it's a good list. Said, I'm not touching them in drafts, and I gave you just minor um, kind of reasons. Some of them might just be BS, but I'm yeah uh, interested in which of them you think I might uh, want to take a second look at. So I have two guys, and then I'll ask you a question. Um, so the two guys, um, and please don't confuse this as I'm all in on them or I'm 100% confident on them. They're just not guys I'm out on uh, of the guys on your list of guys you're basically – they're like off your board unless they really, really fall. First one is Justin Verlander. Um, <laughs> speaking of Chris Sale, um, is there's a lot of late career Roger Clemens to me. And I know the big difference. So Roger Clemens, for those too young to fully remember the Roger Clemens experience, and it was a great experience. Um, jokes aside, uh, he was a, an incredible pitcher. At the end of his time in New York, though, the decline was real and it was going down. Now, from a like strikeout percentage plus perspective, his last few years and the ERA went up, like the surface stats were getting much, much worse. Uh, it wasn't as bad as last year's Justin Berlander from a from, from like a, those kinds of stats. Um, but Clemens signed with the Houston Astros. And the next year, at the same age uh, as Justin Verlander is this year, at 41, uh, he won the Cy Young Award and had, like, an incredible, incredible season. And I – I look, the projections don't love Justin Verlander. They don't hate him, but they see him as, like, an aging guy whose strikeout rates keeps going like that. The flip side is projections have a really tough time in terms of the aging curve with the outliers, right? Because – there's a survivor bias when you hit 41. It's like, how do you have an aging curve for a guy who a major league team still wants to employ and is is pitching at this kind of a level at that age? There's no curve because it's so few of them who do it. If I told you, James, that Justin Verlander's strikeout rate goes back up, then on the Houston Astros where he really has to pitch six innings and, and you're out of there and the bullpen's going to take over, where you have a really good lineup, uh, behind you, that Justin Verlander wins 16 games with a 3-2 ERA in 170 innings. He makes 31 starts. He misses one start all uh, all season, so he goes a full season. And in those 31 starts, he pitches 178 uh, innings and has a 1-1-5 whip and finishes as a top 15 starting pitcher. You say, no, that's crazy, Rob, what I've just described? No, not at all. All you had to do is just tell me that the strikeout rate rebounds yes. and he stays healthy. Like strikeout rate rebounds, he stays healthy. It's a good pick. Yes. So I think that there is – so it depends on your risk tolerance on Justin Verlander. People talk about I want some upside picks in my draft because if I have a $260 budget and I return $260, I'm going to finish seventh. Whether it's a straight draft or an auction, the same thing applies. If I just if I break even on every single pick, I'm going to have a, an average team. I need to to not lose a lot of money on certain picks, and I need to make some money on other picks. And then Fab obviously uh, adds to all of that. Um, when people say upside picks, 
they usually mean I want to take a 23-year-old who's on the, the rise and he's going to break out. And there's truth to that. And, you know, there's lots of studies about why young players can, can do amazing things. Uh, there's some decent prospect writers out there that you should read and find out about these young guys uh, on, on the rise. Um, but to me, a Justin Verlander is an upside pick with a ton of risk. So there's a ton of downside and there's a ton of upside at his cost with Justin Verlander. So it's where do you want to put risk into your draft? But that's Justin Verlander to me. So that's one. And then number two is Joe Mus Musgrove. If I knew just Joe Musgrove is healthy in spring training, then I really like him as a pitcher. Um, and the shoulder injury to me is, well, shoulder injuries are scary, scary things. I just need to see his velocity in, in that first first game in spring training. If, if, just, if, if Musgrove is healthy, he's a really good starting pitcher. And unfortunately, his ADP will go up because um, – I'm not the only person who feels that way. So can I ask you one question about your hate list that'll give away yes. two, two, two more names? Um, which of these two players is more likely to finish as a top 25 player this year? Uh, Jazz or O'Neal Cruz? You have, um, to pick, you, have, you have to pick one. Yeah, even no. Though I, you're out, uh, even though you're out on both. Uh, I'm going to say Jazz. Okay. Why? You uh, don't think he's a you don't think he's a platoon player? I mean, Jazz is awesome. I just think he's like Byron Buxton 2.0 from a durability standpoint. But yeah, he's you know why why can't he have like one full season mixed in with a bunch of injured ones? You know. Yeah. Um. I, I I'm also I don't both I won't have either of them. But but obviously both of them could make us both look really stupid uh, this year. Of course. Yeah. Um. And you know I mean. These are, I'm sure, I'm sure at least a handful of the guys I sent you are, are going to have fine seasons. Yeah. Um, now, uh, before we get to um, the exciting uh, third base sleeper <laughs> series, I uh, just want to get a quick check in with you on where you're at with Alec Manoa. Uh, and I'm just no, I'm just noticing I jumped the Alejandro Kirk uh, thing. I thought it was up up top, so I screwed that all up. No, we're uh, 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 very natural. Like like this was how it was all supposed to go. Uh, Alec Manoa, um, I have no idea what to expect from Alec Manoa uh, this year. I don't think the Blue Jays have any idea uh, what to expect uh, from Alec Manoa uh, this year. Um, his Instagram posts make it look like he's in good shape, uh, but he's one of those guys. If it goes badly the story next year was i lost too much weight and didn't feel like i had my velocity behind me and if it goes well it'll be because he got into great shape and the problem is if he looks really good in spring training he looked really good in spring training last year he struck out 21 guys in 20 innings last year yeah. there was no reason to be concerned coming out of spring training about alec manoa was he a big boy coming out of spring training yeah he was a big boy the year before that so, like, here's the thing with Alec Manoa. He's going cheap enough that you could draft him as your eighth or ninth starting pitcher and have him on your bench. But if you are, I don't, I haven't looked at the Jays' schedule to open the season. So I'm, I'm just, just going on a, let's say, assume they have a generic first week of the season. Let's assume he gets the fifth starter job, which is not a guarantee. So he very well may not get the, if he's not, he is not looking good in spring training. They will go to somebody else uh, for the fifth spot. They will figure something out. Uh, but let's assume he's the fifth starter spot. Are you starting him that first week? Or you, you'd you rather go, I, I would rather have a middle reliever 
uh, going in week one in an NFBC main event team than Alec Manoa, um, because I just don't know what he's going to do, assuming that they're playing, um, you, you know, the Seattle Mariners the first uh, the first uh, week. And that tells me something about my level of confidence about Alec Manoa. I felt uh, way better about Yusei Kikuchi last year at this time, when Yusei Kikuchi was walking everybody and was unrosterable than I do about Alec Manoa. But, like, would it shock me if Alec Manoa is good again? It wouldn't shock me. I just don't understand what's going on with dude. Like, dude, there, there, there's a lot going on there. Um, it... Yeah, it wouldn't surprise, like, honestly, James, it wouldn't shock me if the Jays send him to minor league camp 10 minutes into pitchers and catchers uh, reporting. <laughs> it also wouldn't surprise me if he gets AL Cy Young Award votes this year. Neither of those would surprise me. So I have no, I'm, I'm not being flippant. I'm not being evasive. I have no idea. And I really don't think the Blue Jays do either. Well, you know, part of the reason uh, that I'm, I'm the host is, uh, I can report back to the listeners and say I saw a really cool video of him the other day. He jumped over some high ropes that were hanging, and then he jumped to the side over a rope, and they jumped up on a big box. Yeah, and uh, it was it was pretty cool. He he was pumped about it. Um, and I can tell you that if he lines up as their fifth starter, his first start will be at Houston. Um, oh, so you're definitely but, not starting Alec <laughs> Manoa, but that's that's reasonable. But my 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 point in using that is. I always use that as a gut check. If I would not consider putting them into a lineup, forget, like Houston, there's lots of people you wouldn't want to start. Um, if I wouldn't want to start them against a, like the average lineup, that tells me my level of confidence in a player. And I can also say that I think I've got him on like two NFBC teams. And I think in both cases, I took him as a bench pitcher. So I didn't even take him as one of my first nine guys. In, in, in a DC, if you have a pretty good starting rotation, and you just want, like, I need a, obviously it's a DC. I need lots of arms and I want a couple of upside darts because I have a pretty stable uh, set of starting pitchers. I totally get, cause there is a 25% chance that he's very good again. Cause he was very good 12 months ago. Okay, Rob, now's the exciting part of the show. Um, it's third base week. Uh, been going position by position with a bunch of smart people and, Rob and I are going to say which third baseman with an ADP after pick 300 in NFBC 15 team draft and hold leagues we think is the best value. And uh, that means you're up first, Rob. Uh, so I, I like Cold Keith the most, but it feels like a cheat. Can I do Cold <laughs> Keith or like that's you? No, that's a you can you can totally uh, do Cold Keith. But I'll do somebody else too, really quickly. So, so how high are you on Cold? Keith, now that he's signed the contract and almost certain, unless he really sucks in spring training, I assume he's on their, their opening day second baseman. Yeah, I mean, he's okay. Um, Not a big fan? I like like I like him a lot in Dynasty. Um, just the no speed, the park, like I'm not head over heels for him in redraft, but I think he's fine right now. Interesting. Uh, okay, well, I'll have to dig into that more. Um so before I give the answer, can I say one of the craziest? We we still have minutes left. We're not we're not we're not going, we're not at the we're not at the four hour mark. No. So one of the this is not my answer. One of the craziest things about projections this year um, 
is Anthony Rendon's uh, projection. <laughs> I don't mean I don't mean fantasy projection. I mean real baseball projection. So it's I'm not going to pick on a uh, bad X, but I, but I because they're all sort of the same. So Anthony Rendon on the bad X uh, projects as for a 3.39 woba. For those of you who don't pay a lot of attention to woba, because most of us don't play in woba leagues, with woba as a category. Um, that is the 62nd best hitter in baseball, Derek Cardi would say. Let me read you, because 62 doesn't sound like a particularly impressive number. Let me read you the hitters who are both just before and just an, after Anthony Rendon, who honestly, like, if they if, if he didn't have a contract, the contract right now, I don't think would be a non-roster invite on most teams. So, Louis Robert... Uh, Logan Ahoppy, Matt McLean, uh, Yoshida, uh, Tristan Casas. Those are the guys just before Anthony Rendon. The guys just after Anthony Rendon, Christian Walker, Francisco Lindor, Spencer Torkelson, Nate Lowe, Ryan Mountcastle, Carlos Correa, JT Realmuto, Eloy Jimenez, Josh Naylor, Jake Berger. Like these are really good hitters. And the idea that Anthony Rendon is still in that league is nuts to me. Uh, I know, like, you can't pick and choose things to rail at. He hasn't had a WOBA uh, anywhere close to that um, since, I think, Barack Obama was president. Like, it's uh, it's incredible uh, that he's did that. My actual answer, I really like Willie Castro as long as the Twins don't bring in another uh, another hitter. It's, di it's disconcerting drafting sometimes, like, utility guys, because you don't know where they're going to play and how they're going to get into the lineup exactly. Um, but it's a long season, and I think Willie Castro is good enough, and there's enough platoon situations in Minnesota, and it's a good enough lineup. Like I think it's going to be a sneaky good lineup in terms of actual results. That I, I quite like Willie Castro as my answer if I can't take Colt Keith. Well, I really I like that answer, and I will say third base of all the positions we've done, to me, I think it's the deepest position past pick 300. Yep. Um, like, I just, I like a bunch of these guys uh, at their cost. Um, I, I'm going to say uh, Yon Mankata. Um, Interesting. So you so, buy, you, you buy, you buy, you buy both the hard work and that God has a plan for him and that he's going to be back uh, this year. Uh, he just strikes me as a contract year guy. Um, yeah. Like, like I was, um, I don't know. It's just like, uh, like Avisel Garcia, Jorge Soler. There's certain guys that like they're, they're bad at certain stages of their contract and they're good at certain stages of their contract. I think, uh, Jan Mankata, uh, is maybe one of those guys, but like he, you know, he was also like the strikeouts and walks weren't great in the second half last year, but like he was a, a competent big league hitter. And I just think he's going to play. I think they're going to play him every day. Um, 20 homers, like a 250 average, like, and that lineup is terrible. So where's he going to hit? Like, I don't know, third, fourth, something like yeah, that. Yeah, you know, if, if he stays healthy, he, he, he will play. Um, no, there are a lot, but, but like Brett Batty, it's not crazy that he, I, I can create a scenario in my head that, that he puts it together. What's, uh, what's your Tyler Black uh, take? Ooh, I don't, no, uh, I don't like so being asked that question because I don't like, I think I've said this before. He's the toughest prospect for me to rank, um, like in, of all prospects. Yep. Um, I just like I think he is skills wise. I think he's Tommy Edmond 
with a slightly lower average, a higher OBP, and much worse defense. So, okay. like, the reason Tommy Edmond gets to play every day is because of his defense. Now he does, he's not going to have the same type of OBP as Tyler Black, so maybe Black's OBP is so good. Uh, but the Brewers are also just – they're doing their thing with um, just being as cheap as they can possibly be without uh, having an empty ballpark. So, um, like, they don't really have a great reason to not see what he has. But, like, how bad is the defense? There's just so many factors. Like, he he's – He's not going to steal anywhere close to as many bases as he stole in the minors last year. But I do think, like, if he was playing every day, he'd probably steal 25 bases, which just alone at, at third base, that's awesome. Um, but, like, he might only hit 10 homers even in that park. So just a very, very tough player to, to kind of peg for me. There's no doubt. And the other the other guy that's interesting to me there, especially in fab leagues where you can dump him and uh, move on, is DJ LeMahieu. If he is hitting leadoff for the Yankees, which seems nuts, but mm-hmm. – uh, it wouldn't be the craziest thing. Um, he's a definitely, at the very least, a streamable player. And you 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 will find times when you can use DJ LeMahieu uh, when he's healthy. Uh, and he won't he won't kill you. He's another guy that I like, yeah. Um, so, like, if you're drafting early, um, or I mean, like, in the early rounds, and you're deciding between one position and third base, I'd recommend going with the other position. Um, Rob, this has been great. Uh, anything else you want to say before we we say no uh, the only thing i want to say is uh make sure we get together uh wednesday night in vegas before you have to go to your friend's wedding in uh in new orleans okay uh that's a deal um we'll we'll uh, make it happen make it happen um, yes and that's uh i'll i'm doing a main event i'm doing my clq main event um that very first one on wednesday um, oh, there you go. It, it would. It, you and I have never had too many drinks before. Uh, one of us drank, but maybe we'll have to do it for the first time. Uh, okay. <laughs> drink before it's the only draft. the main event. Who? who yeah, can? it's not a lot of money. Uh, or maybe right after the draft, we'll figure that out. <laughs> Sounds good, buddy. All right. Uh, this you has well. been the RotoWire Fancy Baseball Podcast, brought to you by Fantrax.